wizard, Harry. Ah! Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die! We know each other. He's a friend from work. Why? You can fight. Welcome to the When Harry Met Movies podcast. Welcome to the Harry Met Movies podcast. My name is Harry, my dad, dad. Hi, how are you? Good. So today we are, we are joined by a guest. So this is Chris from the Cult Phil Companion podcast. Said it better. Um, hi, Chris, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you both for having me on again. Yes. Again, Dad. <laughs> so, for our listeners, Dad. I'm, I've got some basically going up here, but when we did the last, we've already recorded this episode once. Um, Chris enjoyed it that much. He wants to do it again, really, is what the answer yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, what actually happened was, is usually I record in two formats. One of them I forgot to record on, and Sod's Law, the other one didn't record. Well, it did, but it recorded like an hour and so of silence, um, which. Maybe some of the podcast listeners would have preferred. I don't know. Well, hey, it's what some weird AM ASMR people, I guess, might. might yeah, <laughs> there is bound the to be some people that would listen to it. Right, exactly. It's like a fake, and next April. Fool. Yeah, post it on April Fools next year. Oh, as long as episode is just a silence. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yes, Chris. So tell us about your podcast. Again, uh, again for us, but to the listeners for the first time. Oh. Sure, I'm the host of the Cult Film Companion podcast, and we are the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. I'm a firm believer that a cult movie can come from any time period, from any genre, from any director. Uh, I tend to look at movies not so much like the schlocky cult movies or the so bad it's good cult movies. I kind of look for um, so maybe some obscure movies that kind of get lost in the shuffle. Or I also like to highlight movies from popular directors that don't usually get some of the recognition that some of their bigger movies get. So, yeah, I, I like to look at movies that just have this this love, you know, a cult movie kind of is a niche thing, but I mean, the people that love the movies absolutely love the movies and will rewatch the movies. So, um, yeah. Um, and uh, we like to do deep dives and just talk about these, these, uh, these hidden gems, so to speak. Is it, is that what you generally watch as films or do you watch, do you watch all genres and you just thought this was something a bit different as a podcast or? You know, that's your thing. You know, when I started the, the, the show, I was kind of looking because I want I guessed it on a couple podcasts and I found, well, this is a lot of fun. And I, I, I happen to just I've been a film fan like all my life. I worked at a video store for a while, so I have a lot of general film knowledge. So I wanted to do something a little bit different, um, kind of like what your your show does. You have like a very you have a, a a set topic that you follow so like it's showing harry movies that you liked as when you were growing up so i wanted to i was like well i need something like you kind of need an in with a podcast yeah. you know 
And I was going to do, well, I love horror movies. So I was like, oh, but then I started Googling. I'm like, there's thousands of horror movie podcasts. And I was like, if I do cult movies, I can kind of, I can kind of, you know, cult is such a, it's not a fixed term. So I can kind of, you know, there's, there's a lot of movies out there that kind of have a cult following. So, um, but, but since I started doing the podcast, the majority of the movies that I watch now are kind of cult is it, movies. Like you said, you, um, you like to do directors that are like popular now. It's the directors you've got coming up. You don't have to tell us the films because that might spoil the episode. But like a big directors that people don't know, maybe a few. Uh, uh, we've got uh, the, what I was telling you before we started the show that I, I my first two episodes have been lost. My audio engineer managed to lose them, so I now do the audio. Um, but I did my first movie was going to be a Martin Scorsese movie. Excuse me, it was going to be a Martin Scorsese movie called. Um, I don't mind giving away the title. It was called. It's called After Hours. It's from the um, the eighties. Uh, it t- takes place over the course of one night. And it's very different from anything that Martin Scorsese done. It's it's a very black comedy. Uh, it's darker than the King of Comedy, which I guess is the closest he's come to doing comedy. Um, so that will we eventually will get back around to that. And the second movie that we did was the first movie by the Coen Brothers, Blood Simple, which doesn't get a lot of. I mean, when people talk about the Coen Brothers. A lot it, Fargo and the Big Lebowski come up a lot. Raising Arizona, uh, but uh, with good reason. They're all great movies, but uh, their first movie, Blood Simple, is a very, very interesting um, murder mystery kind of. Noir. Obviously, I've heard of both lots of directors, but I don't think I've heard of either film. And I would say I've got a reasonably good knowledge of films. So yeah, I think that just shows that even big directors and that you don't necessarily know all their films. Right, and. Um, what we did someone uh we we highlighted danny boyle uh his first movie uh shallow grave which is just uh he's a brilliant director and uh i mean it's funny the thing that i love about shallow grave is that it is danny boyle's father's favorite movie of his every time danny boyle has a movie come out it's funny he's like he asks his dad like his dad will chime in on the the quality of the movie and you know he's he's gotten great acclaim well deserved for a lot of his movies but he says well nothing will ever beat shallow grave and you haven't checked out shallow grave yeah i've seen shallow grave it's funny stuff that i i must have seen it not long after it came out like when it first came out on dvd or tv or whatever because over here a lot of those films were filmed for which is like a TV channel over here. Um, and they were the type of people who, I imagine they were probably the studio that backed him. They were. Yes, um, they were the production studio. So over sure. here, obviously, they'd come out on DVD, but instead of going on like Sky, which is like our cable thing, they came out on there. So I'm pretty sure that's, I think that's when I saw it. I don't know, I didn't see it at the cinema. I remember seeing it yeah. quite early on. And then he started to become a bit more popular and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah after... after- after train spotting, he was yeah. he put himself on the map, and then you know he's gone on to great movies since then. But yeah, I kind of like the fact that um, there's some there's some really weird movies out there that a that kind of uh, they they were a blip on the radar, but they kind of des- they deserve a little bit more recognition. So um, that's kind of like what I like to do. I like to um, give people like an alternative to. To, and, and then when you have streaming sites, there's just so many options out there. You kind of get lost, lost in the shuffle. 
with streaming sites. It's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu's so big. Yeah. Like I'd much rather go to a, a venue, uh, a restaurant with the, the menus like one page. Cause I know that these, the chef that back there knows these dishes and like, you're going to have a, you know, you're going to have a delicious meal instead of one of these multi-page menus where you're flipping through and you're just like, mm, you know. Yeah, you don't know what to pick. You hate that, don't you? I, hate, I just hate picking food in general. Yeah, Harry hates going to the restaurant and trying to decide because he hates the fact that what happens if I don't actually like the meal I pick. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't have any food in it and I can't eat. We so, can always get that, right? You know that. How? So, anyway, should we move into the uh, film? Yes. Which... Is Chris, what film have you picked for us this week? Uh, one of my favorites when I was probably around Harry's age, who framed yeah. Roger Rabbit? Um, yeah, this movie was I, I can't tell you how many times I watched this movie as, as a kid, and now it's still as an adult. And I think it's one of those movies we had we had talked about when we were recording that it's one of those movies that like you kind of age you, you age out of certain movies as you grow older it's like you, the appeals not not necessarily there but re-watching who framed roger rabbit for this podcast i was like i love it just as much now as an adult as i did as a, as a kid like um as a kid i was more so drawn to the the cartoons because i just loved cartoons you got looney tunes and disney cartoons yeah. plus like some classic characters showing up um, like that's never that was never done before, and I don't think it's ever been done again. Um, and then now as an adult, I'm like, well, there's also the, I still love the cartoons, but I the humor is it still lands because the jokes are so well written, and like the the mystery, like it's still it's still a really really good mystery. You know, it kind of went over my head a bit as a kid but now as an adult i'm like there's new there's new layers to this movie that i could still enjoy um so, so shall we get harry to challenge you and get you to tell the story of the film um i am here to tell the story and i am here for the food i'm gonna give you four again i'm just gonna give you four sentences okay so uh, my first sentence will be i believe this movie is set in the 40s and we are in a world where humans and cartoons interact with each other and live adjacent to each other. Let's see. Second sentence. Roger Rabbit is framed for the murder of the cartoon producer. Eddie Valiant is a former cop turned private investigator who accidentally helps to frame Roger, but now must save him. And fourth sentence is, as all this is going on, the mysterious Judge Doom has a plan to eventually take over Toontown in order to put up the first freeway in California. Yeah. yeah that's pretty good. Exactly. Okay. All right. Now, usually, obviously, we do the fact, I, I do that. Can you handle the truth? Now, last time I picked three and I thought, oh, no, I've now got to pick another three. So I have actually <laughs> managed to find three new ones. So, okay. You want answers? I want the 
truth. You can't handle the truth. The three bits of can you handle the truth? Yeah. That. So here's the first one. Basically, yeah. <laughs> after the um, after the film was made and yeah. it got released. Yes. Bob Hoskins' son. He's Bob Hoskins. He plays Eddie Valiant. Okay, thanks. You need to use the actors' names. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes Harry forgets the actors' names. Um, I can't remember any names. Because he, 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 kids do. But then, yeah, yeah, sometimes he forgets I'm actors' names. I'm sitting right here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, basically, Bob Hoskins' son, after the film yeah. came out, wouldn't talk to him for two weeks. Why? Because he wouldn't, he couldn't believe that his dad met Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, people like that. I didn't tell him. <laughs> I wonder how he got. Okay. I wonder how he got him to talk to him again. Now. So that's the first one. The second one. How old was his kid? I don't know. If it was, if it was around about two or six, I can understand. But he, that's the first one. Don't worry about that. I don't know about much information about the fact. Um, the second one. Yes. Is that they did a test screening of the film, which is what they generally do with films. Yeah. And the feedback wasn't very good. So oh, then they yeah. had to go back and edit and alter the story slightly. Okay. And the third fact is that, as you touched on, it's Warner Brothers and Disney cartoon characters on screen for the first time. And to answer the question, the only time they've never done it since. Um, but because it was actually made mainly by Disney, was, um, Warner Brothers, only agrees for their characters to be in the film if they would be on screen the exact same amount of time as the main Disney characters. So, for instance, Bugs Bunny is only seen as with Mickey Mouse, and they're both on screen together at the same time. Daffy and Donald, and another one was Porky Pig and Tinkerbell, really randomly. Porky um, Pig? Yeah, but goes, that's all, folks. When was all the ending? But at the same time, Tinkerbell is always with him. So, which one is not the truth? I'm not sure. Do you know, Chris? I do, actually. Yeah, I thought you might. The second one, I'm just going to find gut feelings. Yes, you're right. The second one is... Yeah. Actually, it was kind of the opposite. Yes, they had test screenings and... They had it for the, and, car, the car, car, you know, No, they had test screenings and there, was, and there was negative feedback. But the director actually just said, that's the film. I'm happy with it and we're, we're going with it. And because it's Robert Zemeckis who had done Back to the Future and, was, and a few other big films at the time, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll trust this guy. And I knew, I knew he was right, let's be honest. I knew the first one was true. Because if, if if kids were still like pretty young, some kid to like, you got to meet Mickey Mouse, I'm not talking to you for the rest of my life. I think that's quite, like, <laughs> I think that's quite a, I just, um, like a child thing to think yeah. of, isn't it? Like, I can't believe yeah. that. <laughs> You've met. Dad, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, you never told me you met Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Well, well, I want... Why did you ask for his autograph? Or, was... or better yet, it's like, Dad, I want Bugs Bunny at my next birthday party. Oh, yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. that, that, no sort of middle... I quite like that. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and, audio and Android. Today's episode is sponsored by Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web and 
any given moment and read them to you in a natural human voice. The first time in the history of the internet, the web is all there for you to be listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topics as... as you can follow any topics from sports, science to Bitcoin and even movies and the Kardashians. It, it will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. Harry's laughing at the Kardashians. They also have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our, po- our podcast, When Harry Met Movies, is there too. Wow. I started using it as my default podcast app and it does it does make life a little bit easier having them all there for you. So download and use Newsly for free from www.newsly.me. Or follow the link in the description on this on this podcast. There's also a promo code, Harry Movies, which is also in the link. That if you add to the pod- also use promo code Harry Movies. That is also in the description. And receive one free premium subscription when using this. I'm gonna do that. This app is absolutely brilliant. Um, me and Harry have downloaded it. Yeah. Um, Harry's I... already been reading articles with it. And those of you who don't know, it's Harry's got dyslexia, so articles Hello. like this help him. Um, for those who don't know, Harry's got dyslexia, so dyslexia. apps like this help him read articles that he usually wouldn't have access to. So this is a this is. An app, but this podcast yeah. can support quite, yes, quite I happily. Because I can keep up all the video game content, like Harry Potter video game, or just straight from the app. So, download it today. Thanks very much. Hope you enjoy the episode. Bye. So, yeah. So, I actually quite liked those three when I looked into them. I didn't look fine very the first time. Um, yeah, those, those were good. I know, yeah, usually I use IMDb, but the first time I didn't, I Googled it. So this time we've run off IMDb. What's IMDb? Um, what's IMDb? I can Basically, if you want to know something about a film, who's in the film, it's the place to go. It's the Internet Movie Database. Ah, I explained. It's an acronym. It's a, it's a really good way of cheating if you want to play. Yes, it is. A six degrees of separation. If you ever played the game Six Degrees of Separation, no. it's a really good way of cheating. I don't know what that is. It's where, in mm. theory, everybody could be connected by six people in life. Another game. Another game is the six. Uh, what is it? The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I yeah, think I think that's what, that's where it's spelled from, isn't it? Yeah. Which, right, Kevin Bacon is an actor in America. So, yeah, yeah. for example, to give you the concepts of the game. Kevin Bacon went to university with this girl. I can't remember what her name was. She, that girl's cousin, went out with a lad that I used to work with. So therefore, Not true. yeah. So therefore, I'm connected to that to Kevin Bacon within six people. There you go. So that's essentially how it is. So the idea of the game is that you would pick, say, Bob Hoskins, and then you could pick Robin Williams, which is actually easy because they're both in Hook. But you could pick two actors and you've got to try and work out films that they've been in to get to, to connect them. So that's the game. I'm uh, really good at it. 
I've never been beat, but there you go. That's just a random fact. <laughs> but anyway, back to this film. Yeah. One thing I'd love to talk about with this film, actually, it just popped into my head, is the opening scene of this film is a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Um, yeah. And when I think when you first watch it, you don't like. Obviously, when we were kids, me and Chris, the internet wasn't a thing. So mm-hmm. you didn't get all the stuff about films. So the only, the only thing I've, like, I've, I've touched on in the podcast before, you saw a trailer, you might have seen some posters, there might have been a little couple of interviews on TV, maybe. But that was kind of it. So like when you watch, like Chris worked in a video store, when you watch the trailers on a video, sometimes there'd be a films that have been released, sometimes there'd be films that are coming on the cinema, but you would, yeah, that would get you excited, whereas now things get spoiled a lot easier. True. So when you went into this cold, you were kind of like, you knew there was actors in it. But like for you, the first bit is a, is a cartoon and then it suddenly switches, doesn't it, from a cartoon to the real world. And you suddenly realise that these cartoon characters are just like actors. I know. Right. I didn't expect it. Which I think is a really, really clever way of giving you the world very that, quickly. When I first watched this, I did not know that because I would probably, I probably didn't search, I think probably didn't film existed then. It was only about a year ago you watched it originally, because this is one of the few films he'd watched before. But because he, we'd watched a lot of films, it wasn't really something we'd ever touched on. And like I, I think I mentioned in our pre-recording, um, but um, this was one we were going to do and never got round to doing, and we knew we had to rewatch it. So when you suggested it, it seemed like a perfect opportunity to redo it. Because I regretted we hadn't done it straight away because it was such a good film. Yeah. But yeah, I, I quite like the introduction. I think it's clever how they do it. Oh, oh I, and, and what is he? So, yeah. And then if we pull back, because I think the refrigerator falls on his head. Is it? But he's supposed, he's supposed to have something twirling around oh, in his head. have stars, but he has tweeting birds, doesn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and it's just very direct- Even the fridge turns to a real fridge. And it's not a cartoon fridge anymore. Yeah. And suddenly it's like hey, baby, okay, Herman. baby Herman. Yeah, baby Herman starts kicking up a fuss, doesn't he? I'll be yeah. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> yeah, I love Baby Herman as well. Baby Herman's great. Baby Herman is hilarious. Um <laughs> that raspy, he's got like a real raspy voice, and uh well, yeah, you're, ma- you're the, amazing, uh, baby Herman. You're amazing. Yeah, it's I suppose the it's idea weird. is that they're like the Mickey Mouse or a Bugs Bunny of a, of this world, aren't they? They're like that sort of level. It of... is weird though seeing the baby smoke. Yeah. That just me. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, again, I, we were talking about this. I'm like, for a PG movie, but then, then again, this was like PG back in the 80s. You still, it had some teeth. Um, you, like I rewatched some of the movies. I'm like, wow, they got away with this with the PG rating. Um, I mean, there's an f bomb in Beetlejuice, which is one of my favorite movies as a kid. But that was that was PG, and there's an f bomb in there. And you haven't I watched mean, Beetlejuice yet? It's on our list. Oh, that's a good, that's a great one. Um, love I love that movie. That's a wow. Um, yeah, Tim Burton. When I was a kid, I was gonna say I was actually gonna suggest for a, for an episode. I I don't know if you've ever seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I have, but I couldn't tell you when. Okay. Um, probably about... That might... I was probably maybe at the most about 15. Yeah, probably. 
uh it's i still go back and watch it um but that's that's a fun one but um i mean who framed roger rabbit i mean we've got some some choice language in there there's i mean there's scenes at a bar roger rabbit drinks i mean we've got a we've got a cartoon rabbit that's taking shots uh eddie valiant is shown drinking there's a lot of smoking um yeah it's just stuff that you wouldn't get away with in a pg movie now um jessica but i i I think it's kind of harm it's 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 harmless enough that i I think i think jessica wouldn't get away with it jessica rabbit yeah she wouldn't i don't allow that to be a pg film about the sign well yeah she's she's the elephant in the room isn't she especially like the panther she's seen where he takes the pictures you know, the first oh. scene, which may, well, I think people will not able to get away with that. I think it's it's very clever how they make they give all the sexual innuendo with her, but then but it's, but it, it turns out it's an actual game of patty cake. So yeah. it's like, I mean, you get the innuendo there, and I remember as a kid, there were certain jokes that I didn't get as a kid, and I, I don't get like, half of them. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I like the drink uh, when he gets he orders a drink on the rocks and he says, I mean, ice. I didn't know what on the rocks meant as a kid. And then he gets a glass and it's actually full of rocks. And I just love that. But yeah, the fact that, you know, we've got some innuendo with patty cake, but it turns out that it's actually patty cake, you know. Um, it's boy is. Especially with like how like she's not got a lot of clothes on in the film, like Jessica's. And- that just means she hasn't got a lot of like clothes on. Yeah, she hasn't got a lot of clothes on. That's the whole. No. Yeah, so but... I don't think I think they wouldn't let her get away with that. No, I think they would. I think mm, possibly there's some things I... that probably get said and done that probably wouldn't. Yeah. See, there there are certain lines though that that she says that kind of it shows that she's not really like the kind of floozy that she's kind of drawn to be. Um, she says, you know, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Like, I, I didn't choose yeah. to look like it. This is the way the animators made me. And the fact that she genuinely loves Roger Rabbit. I mean, they, and um, she's asked, Eddie Valiant asks her, like, what do you see in this guy? And she goes, it makes me laugh. And like, that's, it's like a, it's like a, you buy the relationship. They don't have that much screen time on together but i mean there's this scene at the ending there's only really that scene isn't at the end when they're actually yeah that's like there's a bit isn't it where you find out she's knocked him out and put him in the car is the boot of the car (laughs) yes other other than that they actually only interact at the end of the film right their their story really is actually you know they love each other by by their she says she loves him and you the film kind of makes you feel like well maybe she's just saying that and maybe she's behind it all and stuff like that but you know rob by the you know roger rabbit's infatuated with is how it comes across almost until you actually see them together and see how she reacts with him and you think oh right she does actually really love him yeah. she's not yeah. like manipulating him or anything or almost i i remember when I, maybe when i was a teenager and probably watched it i always thought oh maybe she's just with him because he's famous sort of thing or whatever he's mm-hmm. meant to be a big star isn't he yeah. I should... But that's not it at all. It is generally because she I've listened. Got... Okay, should we ask some questions then? Yeah, go on. What's your favourite scene after 
We have a lot of scenes in this, but I think we'll stand yeah. out. I've so, what's, got, Chris, gone. what's your favorite scene? Oh, I, I, I'll repeat the scene that I said from last time. Um, it's for some reason it always makes me laugh. There's a scene when Eddie Valiant is in Toontown, and he oh, looks yeah. up at the building and he thinks he sees Jessica Rabbit. So he goes into the building. He goes to the elevator and there's Droopy Dog there and he goes, what floor, sir? And he tells him and then he steps and he just face plants into the elevator and Droopy Dog just looks down at him and goes, mind the steps. <laughs> and then like the elevator shoots up. And, yeah, like, and he, he gets, gets the roof, doesn't he? Ceiling. Yeah. And then he gets out of the elevator. And it turns out that it's this weird, not Jessica Rabbit, this like weird man, crazy woman who's like, oh man! And she like runs at him and like goes crazy after him and he escapes and he ends up on a flagpole and he's hanging on and Tweety Bird shows up and he's like, oh, this little pity went to market, this little pity. And then like he drops and he falls and then we get the cameos from, um, he's falling from the, the top of the building and then we get Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny who are apparently skydiving. Why not? <laughs> and Why not? They, and they, yeah, exactly. Why not? When it's Toontown. They would be skydiving. And he asked them for a spare. And um, Bugs Bunny warns him, I don't think you want the spare. And he's like, give it to me, give it to me. And it's a spare tire because, of course, it's a spare tire and not a parachute. And he ends up falling and he gets caught by that crazy lady. And then he's running away, and she's running after him, and she's following oh, the, yeah, lines of the road. And then he takes the lines of the road and turns it into a brick wall. And she's uh, instead of running straight at him, she follows the lines of the road right into a brick wall. That scene is just genius. It has really not not much to do with the plot, yeah. but that little that there's just so much little comedic gold. That's like that's the only bit, isn't it? That um. You see where it, he's in their world and they're not in his. Yeah. Oh, that, that, Which I yeah. obviously assume must be quite a must have been and financially harder to do or something maybe. Um, technology wise, now it's probably just as easy to do, is to swap him in. But then it probably was harder. Right. Because he's got nothing to interact with, is he at all? It's all so, which which shows how good Bob Hoskins was, not it? Yeah. Is the fact that that entire scene is believable because. Of him committing to it. Yeah, what was I your mean, favorite scene, Doug? What was my favorite scene? Oh, the weasels going into his flat. Yeah, um, and I'll tell you <laughs> Just because I love how... Just, especially looking back, and we kind of touched on this last time, but that, to me, is the scene that sells the whole world. Because yeah, you've got the moment that first book, uh, Roger Rabbit is there and he puts the handcuffs on him and he hits the bed and, he, yeah, and the bed flops up and he's in the wardrobe and all that sort of stuff and everything moves as he hits it. Yeah. And then the weasels come in and one of them just slides a chair and the chair moves. And then the, the little moment for me is the bit where he flicks the water as he's talking to him. And then Roger pops up and the water spits out. Because I know that'll be like mechanical things that move the water and stuff, Maybe. but it's like those little things make to me make it almost you believe yeah. that they're there yeah and i remember when watching like lord of the rings that andy circus who plays Gollum, there's a scene where they they were going to originally just not have him in and they were going to use the other cuts but there's a one where he turns his gut in character and makes a like a, a blanket spin or something and 
they realise that when they were looking at the scenes, that's for, that works because he's interacting with the real world. So if they can get rid of him and put, replace him, that real world movement helps people believe he's there. Yeah. I think if they hadn't done this, that in Roger Rabbit, it was I do wonder whether people would have picked up on these things later on. Like Roger Rabbit is almost like a benchmark of that interaction of yeah. how to make something that's not there in the real world. Because like, obviously after this, you have things like Jurassic Park, Terminator 2 and stuff like that. And I wonder if they picked up on all this stuff. Because this was the first one that really had it as major yeah. characters. Like the main character really is Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And he's not he's not there. No. It, it, but you make, you make such an interesting point, though, because the, the large, I mean, it's one thing for the, the, the larger movements and the larger scenes to have the interactions look as realistic as possible. But going back upon rewatch, going back upon rewatch, it's, um, it's the little things that really sell this world. Like you were saying, it's the little things. Yeah. We'll be right back. My brother wants something. Okay. I like. I, I'm looking. I like your favorite scene, though, Harry. I think you picked out a really good yeah. one. The handcuff scene and the bar scenes. It like I love. I, I just love the scenes. Yeah, it's so so good. So so, Harry, what has been your favorite movie so far to do on the show? Oh, I can't pick one. There's too yeah. many. I've got too many favorites. Too many favorites. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Too many favorite scenes. Yeah, I know what my favorite scenes are. <laughs> Go on. Listen. The handcuff scenes. You know when he's like in a barn and he's like getting them off and he's like, well, this is how he says yeah, and then he's like, you could have done that over it. I can only do it when it was gonna be funny. Yeah, this is something we when we sorry to the listeners, but when we <laughs> Dad. previously recorded it, we said what's really clever about this film is that joke. You kind of think the joke of that film is him. He put Roger puts the handcuffs on him in Eddie Valiant's flat, which is sort of like ten minutes earlier. Yeah. And you think is. the joke of that is, oh, we have, I haven't got the key. That's the joke. Yeah. But actually, the joke, they leave that on, so therefore he has to be in the sink when the weasels come in, and he has to put hide him in his coat when he's walking, and he has to hide him everywhere. But the whole build-up of that then pays off. In fact, that he's gone through all this drama of sneaking him down his coat and dealing with the weasels but keeping him in the sink yeah. tent hiding and then when it actually comes to cutting it off Roger can take his hand out of the handcuffs anyway yeah that's a pretty and that makes that whole joke so much funnier yeah because yes. of everything he's been through and my second bit scene is about basically the bad guy makes his ass which can kill tunes and they can also die on laughter apparently yes basically he tries to dump Roger in basically when Roger had like some beer like to drink. it's when he first found out that yeah um, he thought Jessica was cheating on him. They gave him a drink, didn't they, to calm and him down? And he, like, blasts it up and he goes, like... But basically, he... he um, the main character, the main... So he's like, you do? And he's like, I don't. You do? I don't. And then he's like, I don't. And he's like, I do. And he's like, I don't. He basically plays it back on him, yeah. doesn't he? And then he just has it and goes crazy. Also, one of my favorite scenes is, like, is when, like, Roddy meant to be hiding, but he's actually not. He's like, no pain. He just keeps smashing the plates and he's had, like, no pain. Oh, he's meant to be hiding in the yeah, bar. Yeah, he's like, no when, pain. When Eddie Valiant gets there, he's actually in the bar dancing and singing. And he's like, no pain. He just keeps him slamming. Oh, because the record gets stuck. Yeah. 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 I think the record they're listening to is the merry-go-round went off the rails or something. So, yeah, something, something like that, isn't it? Because when Judd Doom comes in, he's like, 
why would you lot be listening to this song? Yeah, this is the. <laughs> I, um, I I think that I mean the cast of this movie really is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, Bob Hoskins. I know we were, we talked about some of the other the actors that were uh, suggested for this movie. I can't really see anybody but Bob Hoskins in this role. Like, no, I think he just like I know Bill Murray was one, wasn't he? Yeah. But I think it would have been a lot drier and it would. I think Bob. I think someone like Bill Murray, who's the main guy at Ghostbusters. Which Ghostbusters? Are? The main, the, the original Ghostbusters. Okay, yeah. The one that does all the does the electric test on the on the kids and stuff like that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? No. He's the one that falls in love with the main girl. Which then gets kidnapped by a chair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, <laughs> But his humour, I would say, if he'd have been cast in it, because he was one of the actual choices, they wanted him, didn't they? I think the film would be more about him and less about Roger Rabbit. You can't yeah. not have Roger. I think Bob Hoskins plays it subtle enough, believes in it, but plays it subtle enough, he knows it's not about him. It's about he's Roger. Got, he's got that dry English wit, his, that dry... English humor, and I, I I love that 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 type of humor. Uh, Bill Murray, I think, would have been an interesting choice. But the thing with Bill Murray, and the reason he didn't get this role, is Bill Murray apparently doesn't have an agent. Like, if you want to get a hold of Bill Murray, you need to like know his phone number. Um, so like, yeah, it's tough. It's like like the movies that he shows up in. Like, it's it's kind of like he knows the people that that you know. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true for the 80s, but I know nowadays, like, yeah, Bob, uh, Bill Murray does not, like, have his own agent or anything. He just, he kind of chooses his own movies. Uh, he chooses the movies that he wants to do. And um, I, I I think Bob Hoskins is great. And plus, I Christopher Lloyd, I, I can't think of another movie where he's the villain. I, I can't think of another Christopher Lloyd movie where he's the villain. I mean... No, I'm sure there is. He's always like the um, the lovable guy, isn't he? Like, obviously, he's famous for mainly for being Back to Futures, like his big right. Scott. <laughs> Whereas he's a lot younger in in Back to the Future than you realise he is, is in it? real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but generally, yeah, he always plays that sort of eccentric weirdo kind of yeah. guy. Yeah. But yeah, this is whereas in this he's proper creepy would be the best term of a word. He, he, I think as a child, this he scared me. I'm pretty sure. I'm not scared of it now. He, when he transformed at the end, when he gets yeah. run over, I was like, oh my god, they just killed this guy. And then he gets up. I'm like, where, where is this going? And, and then, how, and how the flick does he survive? Like the when they spit on the road, how he gets out on the road? How the flick does he survive it? What do you mean? Like, you know, a chemical which kills too. It doesn't, it kills him. Yeah, but I'm like, how, if he, if he's been making it, how would he not accidentally drop some on it? But if you watch, he's always got gloves on. Yeah, yep, he's got gloves, yeah. Yes, when he, he always, he, and when he, when puts he kills that, that, when he kills the little shoe, yeah, he's got gloves on. Puts like a big glove on, doesn't he? Yeah. But at the time, you just assume it's because he doesn't want to get it on him. Maybe it burns or, his skin. But it's actually, it'd be actually because it would kill him. I do yeah. like all the platoon, like the platoon gags in the warehouse. Like you think, all oh, these tunes just have them everywhere, but they just have a storehouse. Yeah, that's another one, isn't it? Because early on, all the two, the like, 
punching hammer and the hole in the wall and all that yeah. sort of thing. That's in the, in the scenes early on. But then when he goes back to the warehouse later on, because you know what those things are, when he uses yeah. them, you know what they do. Yeah. So it's like I... a layered script would be the way to describe the script, wouldn't it? Well, uh, so many layers. Plus, I, I I remember when I was growing up watching Looney Tunes, particularly um, the Roadrunner and Coyote. The Coyote would always order from Acme things. He would always order Acme traps to try to catch the Roadrunner. Yeah. So, like, I just love that that's all integrated into this movie. That, like, yeah. oh, my God, there actually is an Acme thing, and they make these goofy things. They make a Frank Sinatra sword. <laughs> yeah, end. yeah, the singing sword thing. <laughs> the singing sword is so weird. Pulls out a sword, doesn't it? It sings and it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't stay still. I also like the um tomb gun. Oh, oh yeah, we never. Yes, yes, we didn't talk about that when we did the original. Oh, that's brilliant! Yes, the brilliant tomb gun. This this just shows how much it goes on in this film that you if you forget of a little bit, but like just how the bullets are all different people like types of cowboys and and like when they shoot they don't just like they don't just like shoot and destroy they literally pull out a hand and like yeah one yeah, thing, like a tomahawk doesn't it in a tomahawk yeah it was uh, a shadow pretty... creature wasn't it yeah that is a shadow creature and like the shadows on the wall and trying to shoot him oh yeah but the shadow is meant to be judge doom isn't it i think there's the idea of that's a person that's trying to kill him yeah um, but no, he scared me at the end, and I know they got they brought in somebody else to do that voice, the voice of Judge Doom when he's oh, is it? Yeah, um, because that was terrifying to me like that voice, that high pitched voice is just like, oh, and he's got like daggers, yeah, because he goes red eyes and they go to like daggers and stuff, doesn't he? And it's like, but it's like how he makes himself come up and he blows himself up, and you're like, what. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what? I was like, Because um, yeah. at that point, you think he's dead, and you think, oh, okay, he's dead now. Someone turned off the machine now. But then he's just like, he just blows, and he's just like, I'm still alive, but I'm a tomb. But I want to murder tombs for some reason. I don't know why. He doesn't like him. He's just it. But you are a tomb. So you don't like tombs, but you are a tomb. Makes no logic sense. Maybe he's just a uh, psychopath. True. Yeah. He does look like, he look, he does look like a boot there, Voldemort, so... I think Harry brings up a very interesting point that I didn't. I I'm I'm glad that he picked it up at such a young age because didn't I didn't realize it until as an adult. But yes, apparently Dip will kill cartoons, but they can also laugh themselves to death. Now I'm not sure if this is just the weasels, but Judge Doom said he said something. You'll laugh yourself to death just like your cousins, the hyenas. So yeah. uh, maybe there's hey, that might be referencing the um hyenas from Lion King. No, because this came up before Lion King. Hyenas just famously laugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like a hyenas make like a howl that sounds like a laugh. Is that what the crazy ones that laugh? <laughs> I can't do bringing up the weasels, they're my favorite characters. My, my I just I think they're my second. I like the way that they're like almost like a gang. Like it, and they're all like each one's got like a little bit all slightly different. I just, I just like when I think when they come in, it adds like a new element to the film. Yeah, um, yeah, my, that's, they're I, my third favorite character. Who's your favorites? My second favorite is Roger, and my first favorite is the car. I love the car. Do you know what? We never really talked about the car. Yeah, I love the last car. time, and it occurred to me this that 
just, Sorry, just wanted to get my power plug. So my computer didn't die. I was listening. Is it Bernie? Is it Bernie for car? Is it, Bernie is, for car. I think it's Bernie. I, I just think if we never really spoke about him a lot, but he's a really good character because, yeah. again, straight away you get within seconds you get what type of character he is. He's like he's meant to be like a like a taxi driver, but he's actually the taxi. Yes. Yeah, I love him. And the fact that obviously in this world Roger is really popular. Yeah. Like he's like a superstar, isn't he? Yep. I'm a superstar. But he's actually a really nice guy, so everyone loves him. And so this Carl adores him as kind of like basically it's like his best mate sort of thing. I'll like, give you free list anywhere you want to go. Just yeah, just stick your thumb out sort of thing, so, which obviously then plays off later on because he needs a because yeah. Eddie needs a lift and he goes, No, this way, and the taxi just turns up out of nowhere. And he's got some great lines. I forget Benny. Benny's the yeah, Benny. Um Benny, that's it. But he has it like he has like I wish they did do more with him because they have like this wheel that can like stand up and go down. I like the bit when he gets it when they, they get in the car taxi and like I, I can't remember which one says it first, but I think Eddie Valiant says I'll drive and Roger goes, No, I'll drive. And he goes, No, I'm a taxi, I'll drive. I'll drive. And then he and, goes, uh pull pull the le- because they're 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 being chased by the cops. And then the weasels have them caught in this this alley. And he goes, pull the lever. And they're like, which lever? And then like a little sign points up. It's like, this lever, stupid. And like they pull I the lever. And the then he shoots, he shoots up into the, the air. And then they're coming up. And he's got a great line. Again, as a kid, I didn't get it. But he's like, Roger, what do you call the middle of the song? He goes, I don't know, a bridge? And the, they're actually going right into a bridge. And like, that's just, it's just so clever, like the wordplay. And then also, this... I like how he drives a car later on as well. That's genius. You have a car driving a car. Yes. Like yeah, by, by dip, don't they get burnt? By yeah. I just don't get it. I know, they, I know he put water in the acid, but this, it still looks like there's a lot on the floor. Yeah, at the end when he flushes it away, it does look like it hasn't all flushed away, I must admit, but I thought that when I re- we watched it. Maybe it's just a water. Yeah. But it's, I think it's enough that it doesn't harm him. Yeah, I think it makes been... my feet. Who was your favourite character, Chris? Diluted enough. I'm going to go, I, I still think Roger Rabbit. Yeah, Roger. He's my favourite character. He's As a kid, he was my favourite character. And... um. Like I said, I, I, we ended up going to Disney World around the same time that this movie was very popular. So I got like my picture taken with like the walk, you know, the giant Roger Rabbit. But I don't think, um, and I had a, I had a Roger Rabbit doll. I had the, uh, the, the plushie, I guess you would call it now, the, the, the Roger Rabbit. Um, Roger Rabbit's in um, Back to the Future. Is he? Do you know that? No. Explain. In, in Back to the Future 2. When they go to the shop and there's the army knock in the window, there's a Roger Rabbit plushie next to it, which yeah. is obviously must okay. have been a reference to the fact that because it had been about the same time. Can you show us a picture later? Yeah. Robert, yeah, because Robert Zemeckis, yeah, he directed he the law. Yeah, I bet you they purposely put it there to sort of say, "Well, this is going to be really popular." And yeah, and the few, yeah, I wish I held on to that plushie because it's probably worth a lot of money because he's not a character. He was very, very popular for a very short period of time. And then, like, I think then all these kind of, like, minor controversies started coming up. Apparently, there's, you know, if you go frame by frame, there's a section where you could see up Jessica Rabbit's dress. And, and Disney was kind of like, well, we we kind of want to, we kind of got to go more family friendly because 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit's pretty edgy for a PG Disney movie. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so like he's his popular. I'm just surprised. And, and other than a couple cartoon shorts here and there, you know, there's there hasn't been much talk yeah. of Roger Rabbit. No, I was but, um, in one of our podcasts we did not long back, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was telling Harry out. I don't know if you know this, but Honey, I Shrunk the Kids took a lot of money at the box office and the re- one of the reasons they reckon it took a lot of money is because it had a Roger Rabbit short at the beginning of it yes it did, did and then it, did. it was one because obviously like they do now with Pixar films they often put like a short before them don't they Disney did used to do that didn't they with the films they put like a little short before a film and that, that had one and it was because I kind of vividly remember seeing that at the cinema and that had a short on it and apparently because they advertised it with like I think it's I remember there being one where he was a he babysat um baby Herman for, and it was like the entire episode was like, yeah and I think that's the one but that's why it took so much money they reckon because of that being on the beginning of it which yeah, just kind of shows its popularity at the time of how people people wanted Roger Rabbit a lot didn't they and because obviously they never made a second film no, um, I know that on, um, I have the, I own the Blu-ray and uh, one of the bonus features are there are, are two Roger, there's two shorts, uh, basically. One of them, he's a, he's baby, he's always babysitting baby Herman, but it's in different, different scenarios. And one that he's kind of like, they're at a park, like a, like a national park and he's watching baby Herman. But um, yeah, I think we, we talked about this, like the logistics, I think, were what prevented a sequel from happening because to get all to get all these people to um, agree to to allow these characters to interact with each other took a took a lot. And like you said, with the um, with the facts, yeah, the, the the rule was, OK, you can have the Looney Tunes in here, but they need to have the exact, down to the second, the exact amount of screen time as any of the Disney characters. And I know that when Space Jam came about, they were kind of hoping that Disney would repay the favor um, when they were doing Space Jam. Um, and that didn't happen. So I think that bridge has been burned. I don't think we're ever going to see, uh, as much as I would love to, I don't think we're going to see um, yeah, we, more. I think we mentioned in we like we were speaking last time that a really good spin-off of this would have been to see Diet and his brother being detectives and working in Toontown. Maybe it's but that wouldn't work now without because it wouldn't Toontown works because they all live there. If it was just the Disney characters, yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong, I do think nowadays it would still be popular. Yeah. But it would have been better if they were all there. Yeah. So like you would still see like, like I have an I have an idea that I'm going to propose to the two of you and if people at Disney are listening this was my idea first I want to see on Disney Plus a Law and Order type series with the Valiant Brothers investigating crimes in Toontown. It'd be good. I think it would be very very good. I mean you can make it very tongue in cheek, very PG. There's there's just the fact that we have two live action cops investigating crimes in Toontown, and they would be ridiculous crimes. I want to see absurd, ridiculous crimes. Somebody um, stole. So I, I often mention to Harry, like when we look back, we do we do films like this. 
you don't, not just this, but like just in general, like, you know, when I grew up with films like Labyrinth, even Hook, things like that, you don't get as many big films like that anymore for aimed at kids. Mm. So you get like, obviously Marvel go across the board, but they appeal to old audiences and anything else is generally an animated movie. Yeah, well, you don't get many live action films that are like big epic things even things like indiana jones and the mummy and stuff like that they, they aim at a certain audience don't you like that sort of like sort of harry's age sort of 12 13 14 sort of yeah that imagination whereas i think now it's either it's either a child or it's a massive franchise it's a cartoon yeah. for a kid or it's a franchise it's not like a standalone thing it, it doesn't have that crossover appeal um, that crossover, like I said, you kind of age out of those movies. Like I, I wouldn't, a lot of the movies that I was also watching around the same time as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I probably wouldn't throw on again. But for some reason, just because it's so clever, it's so well made. Like you said, there's so many layers. The script is just amazing. I mean, I mean, you could tell that a lot, they did a lot of work on this. I mean, you had Steven Spielberg behind the scenes being the executive producer. You had Robert Zemeckis, who was, he's just great at making amazingly visual movies. That it's one of those movies that still crosses over. I mean, we're, we're talking about it as adults. Harry saw it. Harry loves it, you know. It's, I mean, how many movies can you say that you would, you know. One. You genuinely like I, you know, I I have I still collect physical media, and I can probably count on one hand the amount of movies that I have that are rated PG, and this is one of them. And this is movie that I will always have in my movie collection. Out of interest, what were your films? I'm sorry. What other PG films did you got physically? Let's see. I definitely had. Well, I got. You know what? It's probably more than five because I got a bunch of Tim Burton, and I do have a bunch of uh bill murray comedies that are pg so maybe plus i do you know what it's probably closer to 10 probably closer to a dozen because um for the show i i started to um just trying to look what other movies i went back and i bought some movies um some some cult movies like i have uh the westworld movie from the 70s uh, which is pg and Logan's Run is PG, so there's a little, some some action adventure kind of movies that uh, and in you know Indiana Jones too. Well, the first three, uh, they should have stopped at three. I don't. There isn't the fourth. We deny, we de- deny the knowledge of the fourth. Okay. Yes. Um. <laughs> there's a there's a magazine in England called Empire Magazine. I don't know if you've ever right. heard it. And it's like I have actually. Yeah. And then um, they do a podcast, and they regularly whenever someone goes on. Oh, when they, they do movie news, they go, oh, Indiana 5 just wrapped. And someone goes, Indiana 4, do you mean? And they're like, and they regularly go, no. And someone will go, I'll never, the fourth one was a crystal. No, don't know what you're on about. And they just all they just deny full knowledge about fourth film existing. Why is the fourth one not? It's awful. But do you yeah. have to watch it to understand the fifth one? I don't know, the fifth one hasn't come out. Ah, they're lying. <laughs> and then, of course, the original Star Wars movies, too. So I got to. Yeah, fair enough. There's, there's, there's more than I. Too small to be a stormtrooper. Am I too small to be a stormtrooper? Yes, I would be too small to be a stormtrooper. Am I too small to be a stormtrooper? Yes. I probably wouldn't even carry the gun, but I'll probably just be like. However, at Comic Con yesterday, there were stormtroopers, and one of them was smaller than me. And you literally said to me. And I did, as you say, he's a bit short to be a stormtrooper. 
<laughs> you could be a Jawa. You could be a Jawa, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and you could be a, a Wookiee. How, how, to, how tall do you have to be to be a stormtrooper? I don't know, but I would get the impression it meant to be like, Wait, it's, like it's like an army thing, isn't it? So they're probably all meant to yeah. be like six foot or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, best. I would say. Yeah, yesterday okay. we got. Well, you, you don't have to be able to shoot, but as long as you've got a certain height. That's true. Yeah. I was like, they can't hit anything. No. No, yesterday we Except for to... baby. They can punch baby Yoda, though. Yeah, that's true. But that's not with a gun, is it? <laughs> We're not no, shooting the gun. No, no. Yesterday no. we got a picture which had um, Chewbacca and Baymax from Be Hero Circling. Baymax was saying Harry Baby, and that's why I would think you'd be Chewbacca. I love che- Chewbacca's my favorite Star Wars. Yeah, that's why I got that one from my collection. On yeah, one. he's Chewbacca's great. Yeah, Harry I Baby. Like... I thought he was a Harry Baby. What I do well. like in going back to his film, what I do like in his film is how, like I said, Roger Rabbit's meant to be like this famous yeah. actor, would be how it's worked. But then I love how he talks about Goofy in it, which out of all of out of a lot of the Disney characters is probably the most Warner Brothers character because a lot of this stuff is very wacky and very crazy. Um, but I love how he's almost sees him as like, like an actor would look at, say, like yeah. Al Pacino or something like that and say, look at his work, look how incredible he is. And how he's talking about Goofy, saying, oh, look how his time is amazing, he's doing this, he's doing that. And it's all like he's in awe of this other guy. And I, th- I think that's quite yeah. like, like clever because that's what... So we go into the rating. People- People would probably think of him. Yeah, we'll move on to the ratings. Who wants to go first? Me. Harry, when you put your hand up on a podcast, people can't see. Me. <laughs> Five stars. You, you need no, that, don't you? Yeah, no film can top this. Except for Mrs. Doubtfire, but... Well, no, but that's what I say, like... This can't be is, legal. Is this a better film than Mrs. Doubtfire? It's the same. Because no one can really do, they do, do what it does and does it do it perfectly. Yeah, it does. There's like there's no other film which has done it properly. Again. And Chris, your rating? Easily five stars. Dad? Like I said, I, I don't. Yeah, I've never seen a perfect movie, but um, I don't think a movie has to be perfect to be five stars. But the fact that this movie has so many layers, and like Harry said, no other movies have tried to do the whole people and cartoon thing done never been done this well and the fact that it was one of the first if not the first easily five stars i agree which makes this 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 makes this our only ever third five-star movie so we've got this mrs doubtfire shock and the other one's actually muppets christmas carol based on the same notion that it what it aims to do it achieves perfectly (laughs) and there isn't really a beat wrong in it you know, it's funny you bring that up because that was the version of A Christmas Carol that my family all watched together this Christmas. Uh, because we had seen it before, but we hadn't seen it in a while. And to rewatch A Muppet's Christmas Carol, the fact that Michael Caine was just like, I'm going to play this like these are other real actors, just chef's kiss that's another brilliant movie. there's a thing that yes. goes around twitter i don't know if you ever see this where you have to pick a film and you have to replace all all the characters with muppets except for one actor yeah. and the best one i've ever seen with a comeback from this you won't know the film unfortunately harry well, is silence of the lambs but you keep keep up keep anthony hopkins and have everybody else as a muppet 
That would be horrifying. <laughs> it would be very good as well, wouldn't it? If it's such a clever... Sans alarms that he's like a killer. But it'd be just really clever to have all the other characters as the Muppets and him be... And he's very, very serious, isn't it? Now, would Miss Piggy play Clarice Starling? Yeah, possibly. Probably. Wow. That, that, that's one that, that's one I'm going to have to sit with. <laughs> I, just think that whoever, I can't remember who tweeted it, but that reply, and I thought, that's brilliant. Yes. So, what's next? So, yeah, so it's an all-five-star film. Now, we always do a little bit of a, with our guests, we do... I'll say that's what it's fun. Rated or underrated. Now, last time okay. we gave you, gave you some things, so we've changed it up and put some new ones. It's all new. Okay. Now, Chris was the only person when we did the initial... We'll call it our... Um, Scrapped. How can we put it? Forgiving. Our trial run. Um, it wasn't trial as him. Chris was the that. first person to realise you can actually say that something's cor- correctly rated because some things are, some things are, are just right. I'll so it'll be interesting to see if these I'll are... I'll say the first one. Marvel. I might upset some people, but I'm going to say Marvel's overrated. Yeah, I'm so no, yeah, I get this. Like, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Same. Um, um. But I do think some people... I think there's a double edge to this. I think some people assume that something's crap because it's not as good as the other Marvel, like the good Marvel films. Yeah, like they just I'm go, oh, it's rubbish because it's not, I don't know, Endgame or something well, like that. Iron it's like, Man well, 1. Dumb, it's dumb. not, but it's still better than a lot of other stuff out there sometimes. And they, but then I also do think there's certain stuff that they churn out that isn't as good as other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's comics and comics are the same, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like the tribalism like you kind of have like i i i love marvel and i love dc i grew up reading both as a kid but um i see that tribalism happening they're like either dc or marvel and i'm like just be happy that we live in a world where i couldn't imagine as a kid that we have the amount of comic book movies that we have now so i'm just happy that we do but i think that and i would say the same thing if you were to ask me dc i would say it's uh, overrated because i think people will blindly give movies that are not as good as they really are a pass because it's Marvel. Um, and I think there's some underrated movies, but I also think there's some really overrated movies. Um, it, it, to me, my favorite Marvel movies lately have been the new Spider-Man movies I just love. And a character that I had no interest in and did not like the first two installments of it all, Thor Ragnarok, Wow, that movie—he's probably my favorite character in since the movies, but since especially since Ragnarok, because I think he, so, like, I think they realized that Chris Hemsworth is funny. Yes, he's, he's, he's very like, funny. Yeah, if you see him in interviews, he's naturally a funny guy. Yeah, and he and I think Ragnarok plays to that really well, and I, I agree. That's probably top five if not my favorite of all the marvel films just because it's and i can't wait for the fourth one. Oh yeah um i'm yeah. very excited about that but i, but I yeah I, i'm gonna say this on the podcast and hope and so before it comes out if they do not do because he's obviously he's overweight but from from what you gather he's not going to be overweight but from pictures from set he's not overweight if they don't do some sort of training montage to an 80s rock ballad for him to lose weight i think they've missed a trick Oh, yeah. And I think they could pull it off in that film. 
I think they could, and I think I think the director, uh, Taiki Waititi, a uh, great director, by the way. I've seen yeah. most of his movies, and a great actor too. He's very very funny. Yeah. I think that he's smart enough to know that. The, the I, kind of I can't tone... see him just being suddenly physically fit. There's got to be something in the middle of that, hasn't there? Church likes Charlie and Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Don't. so that was that's the first one which we elaborated on a lot. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go Martin Scorsese. Who is he? A director. Oh, that explains a lot. I'm going to say perfectly rated. I think he's, um, yeah. Um, but I will say that, I will add with the caveat that I think some of his movies are overrated. And I think a, some of his movies are underrated. Like the movie that I mentioned, After Hours, I think is one of his uh a, a, a hidden gem in his uh, filmography, um, but I think some of his movies get a little—they get a little too much praise, undeservedly so, just because it's Martin Scorsese. I'm not going to say which movies, but um, I, I think that he—he's—he's he's recognized as a truly gifted filmmaker. Um, so I'm going to say that he's perfectly rated. Goofy. Yeah. What is it? Goofy, you said. Goofy, I'm not the best. Goofy. Oh, Goofy's underrated. Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> Goofy. Goofy's underrated. Especially when you get stuff that... um, Like, I remember growing up with Goof Troop and then uh, a Goofy movie. And, like, I always liked Goofy because, like, he, what other character has a name that just, like, sums up his entire personality? That's true. And... <laughs> I guess he's a dog, technically. I'm not yeah. sure. Do you know what? He is, because actually, there's this big debate whether he's a dog or he's a cow and stuff like that. But funny enough, in Roger Rabbit at the end, he's... they say something, he goes, oh, I can't remember what it is, but they all state what they are. So like Mickey goes a mouse and he goes a rabbit. And Goofy says, or even a dog. Because obviously, yeah. he's a dog. obviously the, the thing is that he he's wears clothes and Pluto doesn't. Which is always a bit weird. No, he, I think he's yeah. a different breed of dog, which you explain to droopy ears. Yeah. I think that's a dog. But, the, the thing with dogs, though, I guess with I don't want to disgrace certain breeds of dogs, but I've over the years have come across some very, very intelligent dogs, some very yeah. sharp dogs, and I've also come across some dogs while lovable don't have a lot going on in the upstairs. Oh, dog Opie. A dog Opie's smart, but he's not as bright as. Yeah, we've got a dog called Opie. Named yeah. after the anarchy character. Um, he's, but not... he's a bit of an idiot. He ran into a bin once while trying to open the door. He ran straight into the bin. So, yes. But, so, but you got to... I love those dogs, even if they're not the bright... Like, one of my... Yeah, we recently lost our dog. 17 years... But she had a great life. 17 years old. And that's not in dog years. 17 years old. So she had lived a full, full life, but she would just do some things that would just make you just like, what, why are you doing that? You know, but you still love them. You still love them. That's the most important thing. Okay, next one, Indiana Jones. Run, the ball is coming. This, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to actually say Indiana Jones is perfectly rated because I think the movies, they like the first three get the, the the love and the acclaim that they deserve, and enough people rag on Crystal Skull 
that I'm happy with that. Um, so I'm going to say it's actually perfectly rated. But I will say this. I think Temple of the Doom, Temple of Doom is underrated. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah. I think that movie is underrated. Disney Plus. Hmm. The other, the last time this was a lot easier for me to do. Hmm. Uh, Disney Plus. I'm gonna say it's overrated. Yeah, I'm say Disney Plus. Um, just because, uh, well, for two reasons, I'm more of a, I still am, I'm old school. I still have my physical media collection. I love physical media. If it's something that I truly, truly love, uh, I will own it because the things that I don't like about streaming services is that all of a sudden a movie, you go to watch a movie and it's, it's gone, you know, it's, it's, it's not there. Plus I've seen from Disney plus, I think they're throwing, they're throwing out too many original series especially with the marvel stuff that i really i really really liked wandavision and then afterwards it was kind of like they kind of dropped the ball a little bit then loki was really good and then what if was kind of iffy but i am excited to see what moon knight how moon knight's going to to turn up but but you know what you might i might have to take that back because have the netflix series of marvel gone to disney plus now yeah they have here i don't know if they have everybody all right then i can't then then i can't say that it's overrated anymore because the netflix series with the exception of uh iron, iron fist yeah i <laughs> daredevil daredevil's brilliant jessica jones is great um uh, what i'm forgetting the um luke the Yes, um, Luke Cage and uh, The Punisher were all were all great series. But now that they're on Disney Plus, as long as they didn't edit anything out and they, they kept have. them, I don't think they, they have. haven't. They probably okay. put them in the star program, haven't they? Okay, next I, one, podcasts. Podcasts are underrated. Underrated podcasts. I agree. More people, more people need to listen to them. I mean, if you just go and just check out some people have some fascinating stories to share. So I think podcasts are very underrated. And I think, I, I think that, and I'm glad that the popularity of them is starting to increase and they're getting more awareness. They're easier to get. Um, so underrated. Yes. Check out, check out a random podcast today. Check out my show. If you want. Yeah. Star Wars. Oh, all right. This one I'm easily gonna say is overrated, and that I might get me some hate. It. But I think Star Wars is overrated. I Sorry. think there's good stuff, and I think there's bad stuff from Star Wars. I do too. Um, but I think I think, I think the cartoons are probably underrated. Yes, they are. Yes, the they are the Clone Wars. Yeah, there's not really Clone Wars. I don't know if you've seen all the Clone Wars. Um, no. where there's an episode where one of the clones just chips malfunction so he's he's a good he knows that there's the order 66 is there and it's really how they deal with that is very that's like not a child episode at all but it's like really really well done i i someone told me i need to watch it and i watched like the first couple of seasons uh, but then as it went on it gets better and better and better and by the end of it you're addicted to it because it's the stories are just as good as the best of the star wars 
Like I think the Mandal the Mandalorian is very well done. I didn't think yes. I did not like Boba. I didn't like the Boba Fett. The best bits of Boba Fett was when the Mandalorian turned up. The child could just destroys a robot and then sleeps in a monster. Which actually one of the ones I was originally going to have in this list as an underrated or overrated was John Bavaru. And I thought oh, I'd be interested as in the director John Bavaru. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I was intrigued to see whether you thought he was underrated or overrated. I was going to say he's underrated as a director. Yeah, because I, when you think of what he's done, he's all every most of the things he's done, he's hit the mark. Have you ever seen a film he's done called Chef? Yes, yes, it's a very good movie. Yeah, it's one he's, of the, it's probably one of my favorite films that have been out in the last sort of ten years, just because it's a great film. It I is. Anybody, hardly anyone's ever seen it. Yeah. No. Because when when people say John Favreau, you think of the first two Iron Man movies, or you think of the Mandalorian. But like he's capable of so many things, and I remember I remember him when he was more of an actor than he was a director, and he's he's definitely made the transition well. The only thing I would say about Star, why I think Star Wars is overrated, is that as a child, I absolutely I didn't I absolutely loved um, A New Hope. Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. And to me, Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie that has ever been made. Um, that's just my... And then when those prequels came out, I was not a big fan of them. Um, they've kind, they, the thing with Star Wars is they, they, they go, they'll go far, far to one direction. People hate it. So then instead of kind of course controlling back to a middle, they just go to another extreme. And that's kind of like my my problem. With yeah, but there's a overall, thing that's overall. there's a thing on YouTube that's worth watching, which is Dave Filoni, who's the guy who created Clone Wars, and he's he's behind the Mandalorian. With everyone thinks it's John Vavry that's creating the Mandalorian, but this guy's also just as involved. He's like a creative guy, and he's like Mister Star Wars, and he actually talks about the prequels. And if you put Dave Filoni prequel or Jewel of the Fates or something into YouTube, he does this big speech and he explains. Why the duel of the fates between Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan and Darth Maul, and he explains the arc from that right to the end of Return of the Jedi. And when he explains it, it's the first time I went, "Oh, that makes sense now." And he explains oh. how the arc works and how it like if that doesn't happen, you don't get back in Return of the Jedi. And he says it's better than people. I think the prequels get a bit of a bad rap because of all the political stuff doesn't. It, it bogs it down a bit. See, I'm controversial. Empire Strikes Back isn't my favorite Star Wars film. Okay. I'm Return of a Jedi, but I my I recall movie. going to the cinema to watch it. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's that's my first film I recall going to the cinema to see. So oh, it's gosh. it's cement and as a so I'd have been five or six by the time it came out. Yeah. So if that's my memory. You think that's what a film to go and watch sort of thing. And I also think as much as Empire Strikes Back is great. Once you know that twist, the story's not, the film loses its slight edge. Yeah. And maybe it's more the fact that every, I'm, I'm one of those people that if everybody says that's the best, I have to disagree. <laughs> just, just because I'm, I'm not going to agree with it just because, don't get me wrong, it's a great film. Sure. And the sure. others don't work without it. No. When you think almost a new hope could have just finished and that would have been the last Star Wars and it would have just worked still, wouldn't it? Right. Um, I mean, I, I think that's part of the problem is like you you come if you come out with those three movies to follow them up, that that's a huge 
feet. Um, I think my problem, my big problem with the prequels is that they're, while the first three, New Hope, Return of the Jedi Empire, are very lean movies that are very, very just, um, just, I mean, there's no fat. I think the, the prequels have are a bit bloated and could have done with some, some editing, but again, that's my... Uh, my, 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 my yeah, well, so, so where can the listeners find your podcast? So, if you go to Twitter or Instagram at Cult Film Comp, C U L T F I L M C O M P, and um, you can get the links, or you could just search in your favorite podcast platform in my show should be there and if it's not send me a message on instagram so so yeah people don't do that sometimes like if i ever because i listen to the certain shows that i subscribe to and listen to all the time and sometimes those shows that don't appear on like i'll see like sally you might say on new episode released today it's not happened with you but it's happened with some of my other podcasts that i listen to and it doesn't show up on my platform like it usually does so i always try and message that person and say oh it's not come up because in my eyes, well, if it's not come up on mine, it's not come up on anybody else's. That you like, I use Castbox, which is like part of Apple, but on Android phones, um, right? And so, to my sensible, if it's not come up on mine, it might not have come up on Apple Podcasts as well, which then cuts out another whole batch of people that probably listen to an episode. So, yeah, I always, I always encourage people to come back to me if there's things like that, and if it's not like you say, if it's not there, let us know because otherwise, you don't know. You I, I didn't know somebody um somebody messaged me the other day because they wanted to listen i just dropped my most recent episode was uh an if 80s apocalypse double feature we did uh night of the comet and miracle mile and somebody messaged me they're like oh for some reason it's not coming up on i forget what platform but, but um yeah sometimes these things take a while for different platforms to uh to get your new episodes out there but fab um one last thing before we wrap up is it's harry's birthday next week is it a film that we should watch tonight can you think of one for harry's birthday um i did see i you know i was before i had seen that you you recently covered batman 1989 didn't you yeah yeah i was good i mean that was uh when i was his age that was my movie like that was i am wondering whether we should watch a tim burton film because we haven't watched one um there's a lot of good ones a lot of good tim burton movies um so we haven't watched like we haven't watched edward scissorhands we haven't watched beetlejuice no other than that we haven't watched one i just thought when we were doing the batman podcast i was trying to explain to how tim burton's got a very unique style like visually i yeah um I'd say Beetlejuice then. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it before when you mentioned it. Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to watch that. Yeah. No? Why is it called Beetlejuice? Why does the main character? Well, you'll find out when you watch it. I'll get scared. I'm going to kill It's not. You won't get scared. Let me think. No. I, was, I was really It's fun. It's funny. But I was really shutting the and you tapped on my shoulder and I got scared. So I don't trust you anymore. You know how I trust you. I will tell you something, Harry. Well, I was your age. I got the. I saw the Batman nineteen eighty nine in the theater. Um, that there were a couple scenes in that movie that scared me. Um, for for whatever reason, uh, Beetlejuice, you'll have no problem if you can handle Batman nineteen eighty nine. 
Yeah, Beetlejuice is much more funny. Don't let the name, it's a gross name, but it's very, very funny. And uh, you'll, I think you'll get a kick That's out of it. Thanks so much, Will. Thank you for coming back on. We massively appreciate it. And oh, no, no, no. It was my pleasure. As we touched on last time, we actually properly did this. Um, we'll come back to you or sort out another thing and do another film. Yeah. I love I love that. Okay. Great. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye. Happy, happy early birthday, Harry. Thank you. You're very welcome, sir. All right, you guys have a great day. Thank you very much for coming back on, Chris. Cheers. Bye. No, cheers. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> so long, partner. You stay. I go. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. <laughs>